I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's the My First Gig podcast. Whoa. Sharing stories of first gigs and shows. Comedians sharing their memories. The fun and entertaining, exciting and crazy. What's up, everybody? Welcome to My First Gig with me, Dwayne Dugan. We are here. We are dancing. We are having fun. Oh, what a day it is to podcast. Oh, what a day it is to listen to this show. I hope you're having fun wherever you are. Let's get into it, guys. How are we? What's going on? I'm recording this early because this past weekend, in your ears, I was at a wedding and I was like, right, Dwayne, how about you record the podcast early? At least you're part of it so that when you can just edit it later and you don't have to do some of those bits and it's a little bit simpler. And I thought, yeah, all right, maybe maybe I'll do that. And despite the fact that I'm going to a wedding, I'm going to one of my best friend's wedding. I'm best man, got to do all these jobs. You know, we're having a great time. My girlfriend's coming. I bought a suit to go to a wedding this year, but they got me a tux. All these things. It's like, oh my God, we've been like, we did like dumb things as teenagers. And now look at all these things we're doing. And yet it's recording the podcast a couple of days. Like this isn't even a week. It's less than a week. A couple of days early. And I'm thinking... Wow, Dwayne, you're not that young boy you once were. You really are a grown-up man now. And I guess, I guess that is the way. Before we talk about weddings and all that stuff, welcome to the podcast. Joining me today is Wisconsin's own Laura Bites. Laura, Laura came over to the Paddy Power Comedy Festival in Dublin earlier this year. Uh, it was very good. I like to just send out like loads of messages. I see what comedians are playing. I go, right, let's look who's done some things, who might have an interesting story. And I reach out to them. And I reach out to loads of them. And Lara reached back very quickly and was like, yeah, let's do it. And no hassle. Uh, we're out in the courtyard. If anybody remembers the Sean Walsh episode from season one, in the same courtyard, probably on the same bench next to the same comedians making the same noise. So if you hear something in the background, yeah, that might be an issue. Uh, but if it's not, it, like, it's 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 minimal noise. You'll only notice it if you're listening for it and, like, not paying attention. Are you one of those guys? Are you looking for issues? Are you going to start a Reddit thread about this, saying negative things? Because I'm okay with that. There hasn't been a Reddit thread about this podcast since episode one. And that's just because it was a James Acaster Reddit, and they're like, "Oh, James did a podcast. Hey, it was a fun. It was a fun thing. That uh, that that host sounds real sexy. Probably like I didn't read it, but I, I'm just paraphrasing. I assume. So yeah, um, yeah, fun episode. Um, Lara came into Cherry Comedy then on the Monday and was like, "Can I do six minutes?" And I was like, "You can do longer than six minutes if you want." We were doing like this post festival surprise lineup. We had also a uh, previous guest of the pod, Ardla Hannon, making a surprise appearance. And Lara's like, no, no, I need to do six minutes. I'm heading to Montreal tomorrow, and this has been filmed for Just for Laughs. And it's like, oh, yeah. Like, I used to associate, like, five, six, seven minute slots with, like, you know, the throwaway slots. Let's just get you on the show, because whatever. And you feel like, oh, he wanted to prove yourself and get more. And now it's like, oh, wow, this six minute slot. Oh, oh my God. That's for like a big thing now. So uh, when I go do my 15s and 20s, I'm like, 
Yeah, I'm doing long, but it's not even for television. Speaking of television, anybody casting this podcast to their screens? Because you can. It's on YouTube. YouTube.com forward slash something. It's a big, long series of letters. But if you search my first gig with Dwayne Dugan, it will come up. If you'd like to get this before anybody else, if you'd like to get this early, if you'd like to get this extended, if you'd like to get this ad-free, go to patreon.com forward slash my first gig pod. And there'll be bonus episodes, guys. I, meant, I said every week there'll be bonus episodes. I'm putting the date on it now. Did I put a date on it already, didn't I? Oh, God, I'm a bad Patreon boy. Uh, well, I'm putting the date on it now. Let's have a look. If the wedding's this weekend or last weekend, depending on who you ask. The 3rd of November. No, I won't do Wednesdays and Thursdays. Let's do Saturday. Or is that dumb? Friday. So it's still part of your week. Friday, the 4th of November, will be the first bonus podcast. There's not going to be like mad, mad rhyme or reason to when they go out, but I'm going to commit to a certain amount a month. Um and just chuck them out as they come. So yeah, uh, bonus pods with members of the Irish comedy scene. It's worth it. But as I said, yeah, going to a wedding this weekend. Yeah, it's mad. I haven't been to a wedding in like 10 years, probably longer. I don't think I've been to a wedding since 2008. And then this year, all the weddings are happening because all our friends getting married. And sure, like... It's it's me and Fiona, my girlfriend, her friends are getting married. So then we got to go do these things. I went to a wedding with her. She was one of the bridesmaids. And I didn't know the couple that were getting married. I think I'd met the bride once. Oh, no, I'd met the bride twice. And on the second time, Fiona says, it's so good you guys can meet. And I went, yeah, at last we've met. And then the bride, uh, Helen is her name, went... Now, we've met before, so do you know what? That's how well I knew them. And I was like, oh. I was like, so what's the story? He goes, well, i I got to stay at her house the night before. I'm like, all right. But we'll get we'll get a lift to the wedding. He goes, well, no, we're getting a, we're getting a lift ourselves. He's like, well, I'll sit with you at the wedding. He's like, no, i got to sit up the front. He's like, well, it's like an hour out to the afters. We'll get a spinner to that. He's like, no, they're like, going to organize something for us. He's like, oh, well, look, once we get there, we sit down and have a nice meal. I'm like, well, no, actually, I'm sitting with them. I'm like, I they don't know me. Why am I going to this wedding? And one thing led to another, and Fiona found me with two lads drinking whiskey in a hotel room. So what I'm saying is, guys, weddings are magical. I'm 34 years old. I don't want to talk to my friends. Never mind trying to make new ones. And yet here I am drinking whiskey in some lad's hotel room. He bought whiskey and mixers in advance. Genius idea. Note to self, do that this weekend. And I don't like whiskey, but it was the only drink there. And uh, didn't want to uh, let my new wedding pals down. So I was like, oh, give me some of that whiskey. Bloody love that stuff, huh? <laughs> yeah, love it when it's in the jarro, huh? Is what I imagine whiskey people say. And it got to the point, though, that was like, it was early enough. That was like maybe like seven or eight. And sure, this has gone on to like three or four in the morning. Sometime after midnight. I see one of the lads at the bar. And he's like, you'll have a drink, won't you? I was like, oh, no, I'm all good. And you'll have a drink. And he buys me a whiskey. And I'm like, why did he just not even ask what I was drinking? It's like, oh, he saw me really enjoying whiskey earlier. Now we're having more whiskeys. Excuse me. And I was getting to the point where I can't even say, here, bud, don't waste your money on this because now he's wasting his money on this. I'm like, oh, no. So what I'm saying is the magic dies quickly. But I'm interested to see what happens this weekend and see what magic applies. As I said, I do know the groom very well and a lot of the people there. And so I think I want it to be as much magic as that. Uh, maybe in the sense of love, but uh, I'm not the groom or the bride, so I care not for that. Um, but yeah, hopefully we can have some fun. Hopefully we can enjoy it, do you know? And while I'm having a hangover from a wedding, 
you could all be sitting there listening to my beautiful voice tell you about this. And if that's what you're doing right now, then tweet me at Dwayne Dugan. Send me a, a message on Instagram. Also at Dwayne Dugan and say, hey, how was the wedding? I'm listening to your beautiful podcast now. And Reddit was right. You're pretty sexy. So like, what, like you know, thank you. You're so kind to me. I should be kind to you. Why would I stay in the way of of, of getting, getting in the way of you listening to this podcast, do you know? This beautiful podcast that's powered by Acast. But as you may know, you can listen to it on any of your preferred podcast platforms. And I hope you are listening to it in your preferred podcast listening arena. Because you should be comfortable. And you should be excited. My voice is going, oh my god. Let's introduce this before I croak. You should be excited and ecstatic to listen to the story of my first gig with Lara Bites. We're, we're currently in the, the surroundings of the Ivy Gardens watching the brass bands and tricycle boys and the juggling boys all practicing before they they head out into the wild. Yeah, look at them go. Comedy festivals in the States, how does it how does it compare? Your initial thoughts? Um, I mean they're all different. Usually a comedy festival in the United States just means like there are different bars uh in the same general yeah. city that are uh putting on shows, but I've never seen anything like this where it's a bunch of venues that are all in the same place. I was so excited when I got here, and there's like a whole festival grounds. Yeah, I think it's just it's taken um, inspiration from like the music festivals that go on, and just instead of music, just yeah, little comedy stages. And this looks like um, Summerfest, which is a music festival in the city that I grew up in, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Oh yeah, um, and they have like 11 stages and they have all these different music acts and they will have one like side stage that will have comedy on during the day, but it's not a comedy festival. Yeah. That'd be similar to the places here. And it's like, it's very much people walk in, see the comedians go. It's a nightmare. Oh no, fuck this. Let's yeah. go somewhere else. You'd rather not work than <laughs> do the show. Yeah. It's a uh, nightmare. So you grew up in Milwaukee. Yeah. What's uh, tell us what, what, what I, I know nothing about Milwaukee. I've heard of it loads and Wisconsin. Is it the Vikings? No, no, how dare you? No, that's Minnesota. Minnesota. It's oh. the Green Bay Packers. Green Bay, of course. Okay, yes, of course. Yeah, uh, that's our football team. So if you had to describe Milwaukee to me, if I was um, heading there tomorrow, what what would you tell me? It's just a little working class city. Um, our main thing was brewing beer, but then they moved the brewing to like Los Angeles. Um, and so, I don't know, people are just figuring it out now, I guess. Is that a recent thing? Uh, when I was, when I was growing up, it smelled like beer. Like I knew that we were almost home from my grandma's house because I could smell the yeast, like the whole city smelled like it. Um, and then they moved it out during my like younger adulthood. They stopped making beer there and there's still like smaller breweries, but it's not the main, I mean, it was the main industry of the city. Uh, Not, not to self stereotype us as a nation, but if you grew up smelling beer, you're going to feel very home here then in Dublin. (laughs) You mentioned you came to Dublin with college sometime back. Yeah. What, what, what was that, like an exchange program or a trip? or what, um, what was your first experiences of Dublin? Yeah, it was just like a short study abroad. It was three weeks um, with a group when I was in college, yeah. Yeah. And it was really fun, but we didn't get to spend very much time in any one place because we were trying to see the whole country. So we were in Dublin, I think, for like four days. You did a bit of everywhere. Like, yeah. Oh, very nice, very nice. Well, welcome back. Thank you. Um, hope to hope the the gigs are nice. The uh, the audiences are. Uh, uh, I did uh, the first show last night, and everyone's just delighted to be doing something because yeah. our lockdown only ended like four months ago. No kidding. Oh, like we had no shows. We we stopped in March twenty twenty. We oh no, that's not true. Actually, we came back last year for six weeks, and then wow. shut down for, for, before Christmas. And only came back in February of this year. How so do like, people feel about that? It feels like we've never like I I forget that there was a lockdown. Wow! It's like oh shit, we didn't do anything for for oh, two years. So every, this is the first summer of any shows of any kind, um, certainly outdoor shows. And we just had an Irish heat wave this this uh, this week. 
So everyone's excited for this weekend, whatever they're doing. So the ones that are coming here are very excited. Wow. So I think uh, I think the atmosphere is good right off the bat. Americans are so irresponsible. <laughs> That's Oh, I see I saw some yeah, it was like Florida and stuff. It was just like we'll carry on. Yeah. It, it, they kind of got by, did they? I don't know. Maybe lots of people died. I shouldn't say lots that. Lots of people died, but they didn't seem to care. So what are you going to do? As long as it was no one famous. That's 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 the main thing, isn't it? We didn't, we, I feel we, like a couple famous people died, but oh, I can't shit. remember who they are now. Oh well. Look. <laughs> when, was there, there was that year in 2016 when the famous people died. 2018 was a bad year for famous people. You know, and we'll remember them a lot more fondly. So I guess I'm not correcting you. I mean, we have we are we live in different countries, so maybe your famous people died in 2016, and we oh, were a couple years behind the trend. We're Irish. We don't have our own famous people. Our famous people are, are your famous people. You guys got you too. Yeah, but like I, I'm a massive U2 fan, and I'm a huge minority in that sense. No, you guys got the cranberries. Again, Amer- they went to America. You guys, you had got Sinead O'Connor. You I'll, got all the Sineads, I'll in fact. You, I'll give you Sinead O'Connor. But that's about it. The yeah. Other, all the other ones, we are, like all, they were all here last night. Before we get in chatting about your first ever gig, if I say to you, and you can interpret this however you want, if I say to you, what's your first memory of comedy? What, uh, what comes to mind for you? Um, Watching George Carlin. But I don't think that's the first memory I have of comedy, but that's the first thing that comes into my mind yeah so like that's like straight away stand up is the first thing that comes to mind what, what like what age would you have been when you discovered george Carlin? gosh six that's very young isn't it i mean i don't i don't remember my first experience but there's a picture of me with a bowl cut when i was about five and i don't remember it but i was doing stand up for my family's for the the McMullen talent show for my at my grandma's house oh my for our family's talent show and i and i remember doing it when i was like 9 on a girl scouts overnight not that i had any you know act to speak of but i do remember being very young and being conscious that if i had anything to give to the world that was it you know if i had any being funny was the closest to a talent that I had. So this has been like, this wasn't something you developed and discovered as you got into like teenage years. And this is since day one almost. I mean, I always wanted to be a comedian more than I wanted to be anything else. But I didn't think that I could be a comedian sure. any more than I thought I could be. You know, I wanted to be a Barbie too. But <laughs> I didn't think I could do that. But then, yeah, I had friend. I had a friend who was doing shows, was doing stand-up, doing open mics and stuff, and it seemed like it was going well for him in Milwaukee. And um, he wasn't particularly, like, someone I thought of as being my funniest friend. And I was like, well, I'll go check this out. And I went to an open mic, and I was like, wow, I could I could totally do that. And so I, I guess I'm just launching right into my story, if that's all. Go for it, go for it. Um, so the way it was at that comedy club, it was the Comedy Cafe in Milwaukee. It's no longer standing. Um, but you had to call ahead at that time and get put on the list for the open mic, like the upcoming week. Yeah. And then you would get five to seven minutes. And so I called before I really had anything to do just to kind of force myself to write jokes. And then I wrote a set and practiced it pretty constantly. I mean, I I was like very obsessed with it. In the beginning, I was like staying up until like five in the morning, just like practicing my act. Uh, I was so nervous. And then I did my set. And I, you know, I couldn't stop after that. At what age would you have been when you went and did that? That was when I was, I mean, I was 26. That was... But so you spent the guts of 20 years thinking about comedy and wanting to make people laugh like so did, like because I, like, when i think about it i don't think i knew what a stand-up was even until i saw one on tv and i could have been i could have been anywhere from the age of 10 to 14 but like yeah. so but like so did you grow up with like i guess was it a more common thing or did you was it on the television or did like yeah was it tapes or it's on it's on tv uh they have it on like late night shows that my dad would have on that I wasn't supposed to watch. Um, they also had the show Seinfeld when I was growing up, and he does stand up for a minute at the beginning of every show. So I don't really know where I saw it first, but I just always remember knowing what it was. You would have been you know, you you would have been seeing bits of those yeah. from from a very young age. Yeah. Okay, and then 
like, so you talk about going doing your first gig at 26, but you also mentioned doing it at six or is it nine? Did you say for your yeah the McMullen family, the family talent show? Talent yeah, show? I was like, I was like five. I think I was like five when that when I in in that picture that I've seen, um, and then I did it at the Girl Scouts retreat when I was nine. Yeah, in between, I tried to find something practical and get a real job. You know, I try. I went to school. I went to college. I was bad at school. Um, what was your avenue in college? I double majored in psychology and philosophy, but I never really wanted to do anything. Like I didn't really want to be a psychologist. It was just that's the path you go. You go yeah, to school. You that go to college. was just those were the books I hated to read the least. Oh yeah, I gotta ask about this family talent show now. Like to me, that sounds like an American TV show because like. That's ridiculous. No, it doesn't exist here. Yeah. And that's what we see there. And like so knowing now that when I see these TV shows, right, they're not completely false. These these things exist. What's what's the family talent show like? Is everyone getting up and doing something and it's Yeah. So I don't remember this ever happening. This is definitely not something that we did every year, but we would get together every year at my grandma's house for Christmas. And it was the only time that we were all together, like all of the cousins and aunts and uncles on my mom's side. And my grandma just tried to come up with things that we could do that were fun. So my, I remember my aunt would write out like Christmas trivia questions and we would do that until we all got in a fight and (laughs) someone spoiled it. And then we, um, you know, they did like white, white elephant where I, I don't know if you have that here, but where you like, it's like a gift giving game, but every present is worth like a dollar and you okay, will like yeah. pass them around and you can like steal them from other people. I'll see that. Yeah. Well, I know that from yeah. the office then. Yeah. So I'm, it's all from American TV. You've yeah. lived the, the TV show life yeah, to us now. I yeah. guess. And my, um, my grandma got a karaoke machine at one point. So we did that, which they also have on the office, but they have that in other parts of the world too. Th- th- those ones we've, we've come across those. Karaoke. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, we got our first one in the country last year. I think, yeah. <laughs> What kind of other talents was there? I'm interested, like, was there other, like, performers in your family? Again, I don't remember, but what people might do at a talent show would be, like, singing a song, maybe reading a poem in in my family. I mean, I don't think of anyone else in my family as, like, really being a performer. My sister has a nice voice. But there there was no shyness or, like, kind of, you know, shying away from at least... In, if just for the one occasion, getting up and doing something in front of the family. You know, I don't think any of us really wanted to do it. It's interesting that you should bring <laughs> yeah. that up. Cause that's what I'm thinking I can't imagine a single one of them. I mean, it must have just, like, been the kids. I, I get very nervous to this day before I go on right? stage. Keep, keep, keep Grandma happy. Just get up there now. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that we'd be familiar with now. Yeah. I used to be... I, I, my grandmother used to make me and uh, the guy across the road dance to the first four Spice Girls songs. Yeah. Where, like, <laughs> I remember we, we choreographed with, like, high high stools and everything. And Yeah. Um, we each played two two roles. Yeah, I don't know. It was an odd thing for... You were posh and scary? Am uh, I right? Did I, I get you? No, I was definitely sporty. It's just the dark hair. I feel like people with dark hair always had to be posh or scary. You were sporty. Oh, she sporty. had dark hair too. Yeah, she was. Uh, she would wear Liverpool jerseys, which was the team I support. So I, yeah. I, I, I gravitated to her. She and was then, sexy. Good for you. And then uh, Ginger Spice as well. Sure. Because she was... The, I think she was like the secret front woman at the time. Yeah. At least initially. Yeah. So I, yeah, I, totally. I, I, I had to steal that role. It was her and her and Baby. We're kind of going back and forth for it, I feel like. They came back. Did they? Yeah. No one wants to see that, do they? It's still at stadiums here. Do they? (laughs) Like, I was just checking my girlfriend. It's funny because you say that, and I'm like, I would absolutely go to a Spice Girls show with my girlfriends. Well, that's it. We didn't go. And then, like, even just last week, I was like, we should have gone. Yeah. (laughs) We've missed out. Yeah. So I think they're teasing some 25th anniversary now. So we're, we're we're hoping to do that. So, yeah. So performing... Or at least trying to make people laugh. You like the idea of making people laugh from a very young age. Yeah. Like, so, but like, you know, doing that and going through all your teen years and then to 26 until you start, had it ever crossed your mind to try it out before? Um, or was I it mean, just a bit too, like, only in as much far-fetched. as it would, like, cross your mind to try to, like, be a rock star. Yeah. It's like, I mean, there are a lot of other people who got this idea before I did who are probably far better equipped to make this a reality than I am. You know, in the United States, it's 
there's kind of this mentality. Milwaukee's in the middle of the country and, you know, the coasts are, there's New York and LA. And it kind of feels or felt to me growing up, like if you're not in one of those places, you don't have a shot. And I, it just never seemed possible. Mm. And so it just wasn't, it wasn't an option. And I mean, even when I started doing it, I had to, <laughs> I think my mom just now is believing that I am a professional comedian. I do not need another job. I will not need another job. Like I did it. It is happening. Well, I guess that's the same. Like I, I, like, I remember like friends and I think my mom came uh, years ago and like they come and they see you at the very start when you're all excited. Oh, yeah. And you're so bad. And you're so bad in these dingy clubs yeah. and everybody else is so bad. And then there's like, that's a nice little hobby. You have right. That. And then exactly. They, they don't never need to come to see you again. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it, t- it takes a while, I'd say, to, I guess, uh, change that perception and validate it. Yeah. And you don't want them to see you again. And you didn't want them to see you that time. Yeah. But they came. My mother's coming tonight. No shit. Yeah. How about that? Yeah, she's uh, she's brought her brother down. That's fa- that's fantastic. Well, see, she's, she's in a way. It's nice that they want to support you. I'm sorry that you're having that experience. It will feel nice afterwards. Well, my girlfriend's on the show, and she's definitely here to see her more than me. Oh, but, uh, she just has to see me as a, as a byproduct of that. But <laughs> yeah, so I'm st- still. I'm like, ah, look, maybe you'll. Uh, Change that switch in your head now. Yeah. So, uh, My mom was going to see me when I, I did Milwaukee recently. And I, um, cause I, I live in Los Angeles now and Milwaukee is like 2000 miles away. I mean, it's a, it's a flight. And, um, and she didn't end up coming to see me. And I was disappointed that I didn't get to see her. But I also was like, Oh, okay. I can go ahead and, put my set back to the way that it was That's it. i don't have to make all my adjustments of stuff where it's like i i know so many people who are like just do your act if they don't like it then whatever but they don't have to have the conversation that i will have to have after that and also i have enough material where it's like i'm not gonna do a bit that's gonna like hurt my mom <laughs> while she's in the audience See, you know I, I turn into such a child when my mother's around it like i'm worried about even just saying the word fuck oh yeah i'm that. gonna I'm going to somehow, and I, I swear a lot on stage, I'm going to say none tonight. I'd like to, but I'm I'm going to come off after being like, I didn't say one once. And it's it's not about trying to be cleaner or nicer, or even if there's people in the audience who don't like swearing. It's purely because I'm afraid of my mother. <laughs> I'm 34 years old, and I don't want her to give out to me. That's very Irish. <laughs> well, I say so, yeah. I can appreciate that. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. When you, when you say like, oh, the idea of becoming a comedian is like becoming, say, a rock star. It's like a passing thought of, oh, that would be a great thing. When you go and see your friend do an open mic, is that the first time you've seen like comedy on that level? Yes. I've been like, it's like, oh, it's not TV. It's not late night. It's not a big... Yeah, that was that was the first time I think I ever saw live stand up. Honestly, that's wild for being a fan of it for so long. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Can that even be? Is it just a case of unaware? Or like, I guess when it's not in front of you, it's not obvious to go seek it out either. I didn't really, I mean, it was something that was on TV, you know, to find like the local level of anything. Yeah, I just didn't know that there was a scene. Yeah. I didn't know it was something that someone could do in Milwaukee. There was this, there was this thing called comedy sports there, sports with a Z at the end, of course. And, um, so, you know, it's fun. And, um, it's like an improv group or whatever. And so as part of someone's like bar mitzvah party or something, I went to that once, but that's a completely different thing. And yeah. it's not something that ever appealed to me. So when you saw that show, was it right then? You're going, okay. This, this, pretty is my, much. this is my chance. This Ab- is my yeah, game. pretty much. I, I, I pretty much went once and was like, I can't watch this again if I don't get to do it, you know? And straight fr- from there. So, like, you go away, you call up, you get the spot in the next show. How long do you have to, in, in time? Like, is it a couple of weeks? Less than a week. So, it's, it's, it's a quick turnaround. Yeah. And straight away, you're going to go, right, here's my five minutes, here's my seven. Yeah. How do you approach writing when you've, like, never written for a, um, a set before. well i stole someone's premise which i didn't realize i was doing and i didn't know you couldn't do i thought we were just like hanging out having a conversation and this person said something that i thought was so funny and i didn't realize that he was an open mic comedian running a bit by us you know well, he shouldn't do that either he, sh- people, he shouldn't have done people that in. yeah but i took his um idea and i wrote it down and i wrote a joke about it and so that was part of it and then it was just some other things that I thought of. Do you remember what your opening joke was? Oh, God, yeah, but don't. That's that's when, when I said at the start, it's a, a nostalgia cringe fest. This is the cringe fest part. My whole body just like, um, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, it was some. it was something about my name. It was something where it was like, yeah, my name is Lara Bites. Um, and I had, uh, <laughs> and I mean, I'm butchering. It. I don't, I haven't told this joke in, you know, 12 years, but I had a seventh grade science teacher whose name was Dick Butt. What if we'd gotten married? Like you are invited to the Bites Butt wedding. And it went, you know, it went on and on. Well, now that you've said it for the first time in 12 years, you can now credit everything that's happened since then to that. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I think I think people chuckled. I mean, it was a nice they were nice that night, thankfully. Yeah, and it's look, it's, you know, it's your your first ever joke told on stage, you know, and you're like not too long, it's not too convoluted. It's like you know, it's a it's not it's it's not the worst opening joke I've oh, heard. Oh, it definitely by, could by, have been worse. By far. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's just a couple of days later, same venue, I'm guessing, as the open mic. Um, no. I I had seen it. I had seen stand up in like a little dive bar, and then um, yeah. So no. So it's like so you're walking into this place for the first time. You know you're performing there that night. What do you like that day? As you're that doesn't seem right. I think I'm remembering some of this wrong because as you're asking me these questions, I'm like, no, I feel like I had been there before. Okay, but I can't remember. I can't remember anything else other you, than that it felt like I had been there before. Maybe I hadn't been there before. I don't know. Yeah. But do you remember anything about that day and how you were feeling kind of as you were, as the clock's ticking down, knowing that it's... Oh, I was I was so sick. I yeah. thought I was going to die. I thought I was going to throw up and faint at the same time. I was absolutely miserable. Yeah. It's funny, like, when... With, with those kind of nerves, having, like, never had the payoff of being on stage, at any point did you think of, like, turning around and running? Or was it once you were signed up, you were... You're going in head first. Um, I had been in bands before. Okay, okay. Uh, so I had, I was like pretty familiar with the experience of like thinking I was going to throw up and die and yeah. then not throwing up or dying. So I kind of just trusted my history of like. Well, that's 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 a, that's a good advantage. That yeah, knowing like to get up on stage and to. Yeah, I but guess, I have but people the, look in your direction. I know it's a very different experience, but the thing that's tricky is like. I have fainted and I have thrown up before performances. I I threw up before I threw up after a piano recital because I got so nervous when I was six. I was a little kid. And then I I fainted after I gave a speech in high school. Yeah. So I have 
had both of those things happen, but they haven't happened in a long time. So as long as you got nervous, as long as you're not vomiting or fainting, you're like, this is not, this is nothing. <laughs> I guess. Wow. No, I pretty much hate it. I still don't like the feeling before going on stage. Yeah. I feel, so I'm, it's funny. I would love to get nervous. I don't. I, like, really? It sounds, it sounds like a brag, but I, I, I see people who get nervous do better. They focus more and... While I'm happy I don't get the nerves, I wish I had at least that experience to kind of zone me in, I think. So yeah. It's probably good that it doesn't go away. I hate it. We'll so, swap. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah. So you go up on stage, you tell the joke about your name. You've got, as you said, five to seven minutes. What are your memories of being on stage that night? Like of the first time telling jokes, getting reactions. As you said, you've, you, you, you've enjoyed making people laugh from a very young age. Now it's in this official setting. Um, I remember there was a heckler who had been bothering every performer all night long. Everyone had had to deal with them at some point during their set. And so I like planned it out. And as soon as he opened his mouth during my set, I yelled, (laughs) I yelled, shut the fuck up really fast at him and really pointed. And it wasn't you know, it was in a totally different voice than the rest of my set, and everybody cheered and clapped, and so that was the highlight. When, well, like, yeah, when, yeah, when he's ruining the show for not just the acts but the audience. I think it was quiet for the rest of the show. Oh, he just needed to be told to shut the fuck up. Well, like the fact that you'd thought about that and you were ready. Yeah, like, that's that split second difference of confidence that would have could have gone a very different way. So, like, to deal with that in your first gig, oh, I'm getting, I'm that, that's making. See, I say don't get nervous. That's making me like shiver now i'm like oh shit really <laughs> like oh god if i had a heckler my first gig i think i would have ran away and never come back but i i had enough time to get ready for it you yeah. know what i mean i think that i think that when heckling is really hard to deal with is when you're not expecting it yes you know like if i were was first on stage or if he was quiet for everyone else and then yelled out a question while i was in the middle of reciting my set at that point you know I don't know what I would have done. I would have frozen, probably. And with that gig that night, did you go secretly? Did you tell people it was happening? Did you invite Um, people along? I definitely didn't tell people. Yeah, I went secretly. I didn't take any, I didn't have any, you know, I didn't have anyone take a picture or anything. I didn't, I didn't even think about that. I didn't, I didn't tell people I didn't have anyone come see me. I didn't, I mean, why would you want to? Oh, I know, but it's just like... I think that that, maybe that is the difference between like someone who does it as a hobby and like a a comedian, yeah, well, you know? You, yeah, you, like... you, you, you already care about the reactions. You don't want it kind of a thing, yeah, you know? Yeah, Um If that makes sense. Because I have seen people where for their first set, they bring all their friends out. And I'm like, why would you want... How? I don't know. I think you have to be like delusional enough to believe that you could do it but i don't understand the delusion of thinking you're already good at it well i think yeah a lot of people are pushing that because they're the funny person kind of a thing yeah not realizing it obviously is such a different thing between sitting around the table with your mates and getting up on the stage yeah so the gig finishes you're happy with how it goes once you come off what's what's your what's your feelings as you as you finish um i felt great and i just wanted more you wanted it straight away you want more and from that yeah. moment did you like right this is it i'm gonna go book come back i'm gonna go find more gigs yeah well it was like a i mean it was a pretty small scene at the time and um my now friend of 12 years um damon came up to me and he was like that was the best first set i've ever seen and our his his friend mario offered me a guest spot at um a different show like a few days later so i booked a gig off of it and then i went and did that and then they kind of just like i was in the crew and then i just did all the shows with these guys and started running shows and doing all the open mics it took over my entire life head first um, in, like yeah it ended my relationship <laughs> my my romantic relationship which definitely would have ended anyway but this you know was the final bullet in it um and and it it ended my like my best friendship of that time because both of those people got really jealous that they that I was unavailable you know I'd become so unavailable and I just was like I I don't I I can't care like I just love this more that's, I just if 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 that's the situation it's in it's probably for the best yeah. I'm, I'm assuming like yeah 
So how long was it from like just did you feel like right this is it I'm in I'm in here now or was that a very instant kind of feeling going like you know not just doing this on the side where it's like maybe you do start to tell people people are aware or that you're showcasing yourself oh that happened slowly I still didn't think that I was going to be a professional comedian but over you know over time it just was so clear that I loved doing stand-up more than I had ever loved anything else in my life and so you know I rose to like the top of the Milwaukee comedy scene and then I moved to Chicago so that I had more room to grow and then kind of rose to the top of that scene and moved to Los Angeles. I mean, it just, I kind of just kept doing the next yeah thing. You know, you set a goal, you achieve the goal, you want to get on this show and then you get on the show and then you set another goal. Uh, you know, you want to work this club and then you work that club and then you set another goal and you just keep achieving these goals. And so the goals just kept getting bigger and bigger and now I'm a professional comedian. And what's it like having to like make that decision? You come up in that scene, you know, you say you now your best friend is part of that scene. That's like your community now in Milwaukee. What, what, like, obviously it's a big decision, but like to realize that you need to up and move somewhere else. Like that's, that's no easy thing to do. No, it was, it was hard and it was hard. It was really hard twice it was really hard to leave milwaukee and move to chicago and it was really really hard to leave chicago and move to la and you spend a lot of time alone for what feels like a long time and you spend even longer than that feeling really alone for what feels like it's never going to end um but then it just does and i feel more at home in la than i have anywhere else in my life. I mean, I'm happier there than anywhere that I've been. And when I first moved there, I mean, I remember crying in my car because I couldn't find a parking spot and I just wanted to fucking go home. I just wanted to go inside, but you can't just leave your car in the middle of the street. And I didn't think I would ever... You just have to do hard shit if you want, like, big stuff. Yeah. In a comedy sense, does it feel like starting again each time you go? Yes. Yes, but... I mean, at least you have an act. Yeah. You know? But like, yeah, I guess, yeah, it's almost like a new new scene, new people, new clubs. Yeah. It's like going back to that first time. To finish up, if I could say you're about to go on stage, it's your first gig, you've got the nerves, but you haven't fainted yet, so it's all good. If you today could go back there now and pull yourself aside for a a two-minute chat, what do you you think you'd say looking back? Oh, I would be like, oh, God, I don't know. I mean, my first thought is I would be like, you're going to make it. Like, this is going to be your whole life. This is the beginning. You're absolutely good enough to do this. Um, but now I'm like, I don't think I needed to know that then, you know? You don't need any cheat codes at the start. Yeah, I think it's good to just take it one thing at a time. Because I think that, I mean, I think that the two, like, deadly killers are having too big of an ego too soon or not having a big enough ego, you know, not believing in yourself enough. Like, I think that you have to have a balance of like believing in yourself, but not thinking that you're the best right away. So a good, good place to leave it. A nice bit of advice. Lara, thank you for chatting about your first gig. Yeah. Thanks for having me. There we go, folks. Lara, bye. Thank you so much for joining my first gig. Thank you for listening the my first gig podcast with me Dwayne dugan if you have had fun then go to patreon.com for says my first gig pod and for just a couple of euro a week month month even less euro a week you can enjoy all of this ad free early and extended and tell your friends you can go haha listen to that before you do and we never listened but that's where you have to be a good friend and make make sure that they do I, uh, I wanted to wrap this up because I was chatting about weddings earlier. I wanted to wrap it up by giving some wedding facts. Video was getting a bit shaky there. And I just Googled trivia about weddings. And I thought we'd get something like, oh, the word wedding comes from wedling. And all, I don't know, something like that. And like, stuff that would be like, oh, that's kind of fascinating. And well, why does this happen? This is from some American website. And it's 35 wedding trivia questions and answers. And my God. 
somebody put their time and was probably paid to do this and this is some of the worst stuff i'm gonna put this into the podcast now so that at least then you can say Dwayne wasn't the most boring thing that i've listened to all week question one this is wedding trivia what's the most popular day for weddings in the u.s and i thought oh maybe like july early july maybe late july they've got fourth of july over there but like maybe like a summer wedding late june uh no the answer is saturday because that's literally what they meant uh, what's the colour of a traditional Chinese wedding dress? Red. That's a bit interesting, I guess. Um, oh, what do almost what like this? Is, so this is these are trivia and facts, and yet it starts with what do almost a hundred percent of brides wish they'd have spent more money on for their wedding? So, oh, like I don't think any facts start with uh, most. Some of them, not all of them. Uh, the entertainment. Like, is that wedding trivia? My God. How long does the average engagement last in the US? 15 months. Uh, what takes the least amount of money for the big day? The groom's attire. Like, no, the the taxi there. Are you mental? Um, how much does the average couple spend on the honeymoon? $4,000. What are you talking about? Uh, what percentage of American couples live together before marriage? 85%. That's too round of a number. That's made up. Uh, and then, who was walked down the aisle by their parents? The bride and groom. These are facts, aren't they? In what type of wedding will there be an arch of steel with their swords and sabres? Military. In what country do brides wear crowns to deflect evil? Norway. Okay, well now I'm interested. The US, get out of here. Norway, you want to deflect evil? So you wear a crown? <laughs> Obviously not in the UK. The evil wears the crown, am I right, ladies? Ugh. In the Congo, what are couples not allowed to do for the entirety of their wedding day? Smile. See, that shows how uncultured I am. When it says in the Congo, I thought we meant the conga post-wedding dance. Right after Rock the Boat. I was like, you can't smile while doing the conga. It's so fun. <laughs> what the hell? Uh, what is the Scottish village of Gretna Green famous for? Eloping couples. I don't think that's true. What is the Greek groom fed by his future mother-in-law on the morning of the wedding? Honey and almonds. The Greeks need to cop on. That's weird. In the Czech Republic, what is placed on the bed of the newlywed couples? A baby. What? 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 In the Czech Republic, you place a baby on the wedding bed. What, in the bridal suite? Whose baby? Newlywed couples, a baby is placed. Is that how babies are made? I was never actually told. That is wild. Like, there's no explanations either, just a baby. What is planted in the home of a Turkish groom before the wedding? If this answers baby as well, I'm going to freak out. The Turkish flag. Planted. That sounds like you're burying it. Planted implies it's going to grow. If that is true, what planted means, and I'm a genius. TV wedding trivia. What? What? In the 1998 movie, 1998 wedding theme movie, Okay, I can read. What 1998 wedding-themed movie featured lead stars Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore? That's a wedding singer. That's not wedding trivia. Who was the first of the Sex and the City girls to marry their on-screen love of the show? Charlotte. All right, what? Whose wedding was televised worldwide from Westminster Abbey? And then they're talking about Ross and Friends. What is going on here? In the nineteen ninety named the nineteen ninety seven movie starring Cameron Diaz, Julia Roberts, and Rupert Everett, that was a global box office hit and is considered one of the best rom coms of all time. My best friend's wedding. Are these wedding facts? The largest recorded wedding was a Jewish wedding ceremony in nineteen ninety three. How many people attended? Thirty thousand. Who started the tradition of the white wedding dress? Queen Victoria. Okay. Huh? You've already heard my dig at the royal family. Queen Victoria started the white wedding dress. Well, Billy Idol, no. It's not a nice day for a white wedding. How about we go black and green? Or just green, white and gold. That's what I meant to say. Ah, oh, bollocks. Uh, right, let's go for some more. 
let's have a look at the darker side of weddings. Right, we're going to do two two more of these, and we'll get off. Uh, what kind of weddings have been practiced in China for thirty thousand years? Ghost weddings. Look this one up. This is that's the first time that I've seen a little bit of a decipher there. Look that up, ghost weddings. And now I'll do one more. According to Swedish folklore, why did brides want to smell bad on their wedding day? And the answer is to prevent them being kidnapped by trolls. Now, when Americans say that fucking we're freaky in Europe when we're not, it's very boring. That's what they're talking about. Kidnapped by trolls so you get covered in fucking shite or whatever for for your wedding day. This is mental. Usually I keep talking until I start going mental because these are usually recorded at 2 o'clock in the morning. But no, the Swedes have just taken the bucket, so I'm going to leave it there. If you have enjoyed the show, oh, i got to give next week's guest. L. I genuinely don't know. Well, here we go. Another one from the archives that I just have never released and uh, feel uncomfortable when I tag them online being like, hey, here's a podcast that you've no memory of recording. Good thing I waited, though, because this guy has just blown up all over the world. Golden Globe winner since then, because he definitely won't do my podcast if I ask him now. Star of Ted Lasso, Brett Goldstein. So Brett Goldstein will be on the podcast next week at long last. A very fun one recorded up at the Edinburgh Fringe. Uh, far too long ago for me to remember. So, yeah, guys, if you have enjoyed the show, go to patreon.com forward slash my first gig pod and then give me all of your monies and your treasures so that I can feed all the Czech Republican babies that have been left behind after the wedding's checkout. Uh, or if not, just go on to at my first gig pod and just say that you like it and tell me nice things about myself uh, because, do you know what? Maybe when the day you listen to this, I'm sad and... Uh, if you're sad when you listen to this, I probably uh, changed your life. So do the same for me. Uh, until then, I'm going to go. Goodbye. Ta-ra. See you later. Au revoir. It's the My First Gig Podcast. Whoa. You've been listening to the My First Gig with Dwayne Dugan on Acast. Follow online at My First Gig Pod or at Dwayne Dugan. For classic episodes, ad-free, early access and more, head to myfirstgigpod.com. This is My First Gig with Dwayne Dugan, powered by Acast. Enjoy. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.